This episode is sponsored by Free Market Kids. Join the league of families who are transforming family time into unforgettable Bitcoin learning experiences. With our Hoddle Up Bitcoin mining board game, you're not just playing. You're building bridges, creating memories, and unlocking the brilliance of the future one block at a time. They learn how to walk without the government. They learn everything. I mean, he's speaking two languages fluently. He's now learning English. But because he wants to do it, not because I, I push him to do anything. So unschooling is a lot about trust. We need to break that stigma of we need to be separated from our kids because I think most of the kids really enjoy being with mom and dad, see what they are up to, learning and all these things. There are people out there who really question what we do as homeschoolers. And then when you say then also unschooling on top of that, they're like, what the heck are you doing then? Think about unschooling as discovering your own soul path. The more I was able to let go, the more he became creative, outgoing, powerful in his way to explore. So it's a lot of work. <laughs> a lot of work, but it's worth it. Welcome Bitcoin homeschoolers. I'm really excited to tell you about today's episode. Tali and I had the opportunity to sit down with Alex Alex is putting in the proof of work when it comes to unschooling. She's the host of the podcast called Wild Life, the unschooling podcast. And we got into it. We didn't always agree. It was a lot of fun. And I think because of that, you're actually going to get a lot more out of this. So sit back and enjoy. So hi, Alex. Welcome to Bitcoin Homeschoolers. We are so excited to have you on the show. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about unschooling today. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So glad you're here. Let's start by just diving a little bit into your background. What brought you to homeschooling your child? That is a good question. Um, it started the very first second when I hold him fresh uh, hatched from the egg. Um, I had the feeling like, okay, this dude is, is not going to go to school. I just had it in my, in my gut somehow, but I didn't really believe what I was feeling. So time went on and he went to a democratic kindergarten in Berlin where there were no rules whatsoever. And the kindergarten teachers really prepped me in what is coming next in, in your journey, in your kid's journey. And I was always like, I don't see him in school yet. I don't see it. And I was like, maybe in a couple of years or something like that. But then eventually the time came when he needed to go to school in Germany. There's a legal age from five, six, seven, something like that. And um, yeah, we visited 34 schools, I think, very free schools, like uh, democratic schools, uh, forest schools, all these different things. And with every school, there was something that he didn't like. And he, the, the sentence I, he said the most was, is this slavery? I want to go home. And after like so many schools we visited, I was like, dude, I feel the same. I don't want to stay in that country that I don't want to be in. The weather's shit. The people are always grumpy. The school system sucks. And seriously, I want to see the world because we were used to travel a lot. I was still studying and I was able to be in Berlin three months, then travel. And I, I didn't want to give this give this up for sure because uh, it felt right for me to discover the world and i then had the crazy idea to uh how about we leave germany i didn't have a plan yet i was just very sure i don't want to go to jail for not bringing my kid to school every morning 
So I was like, okay, let's sell everything we, we have. Let's give everything away and let's start traveling. And we traveled for quite some time. And then I discovered, okay, if I keep on traveling, I can avoid schooling at all. And then I started homeschooling because I'm a German teacher. And I thought like, okay, now he has, has to learn how to read and all of these things. And my kid was always so um, frustrated with me because I was pushing him and pushing. And then I had a deep talk with myself and I felt that, okay, I need to let go and let go a, bit, a little bit more. And as there was no authority coming to me, telling me, oh, now he has to go to school. I was able to really um, take a deep look and say myself, what do I want for him? And uh, then I came across that idea of unschooling. I thought I invented it, <laughs> but then I met other families that are unschooling. And I was like, dude, this is the thing. I love, um, I love the raw sense of, of living. I like it. I like this uh, deepness of discovering yourself and everything and i thought okay this is it i'm gonna do that and i'm gonna do it um anyway no matter what people say and i got so much backlash from my family you, you can't imagine but um this is how we ended up there like no plan just discovering yourself the world exploring i love it i love it tell you can i go first i know you have a lot of questions but okay so alex one of the things that's on my mind is the podcast we did, the episode prior to this, Tali and I were attempting to answer questions that we had gotten where someone would say, like in a in Fountain or something else, they'd say, that's it, all well and good for you guys, but what if you live in a country where homeschooling mm -hmm. is illegal? And then there was yeah. also what Tali and I talked about. And even if you're in the U.S., with the way things are with inflation, et cetera, a lot of families, they need both incomes to survive yeah. and homeschooling is not an option for them. But the principles, the principles that we're talking about, they do apply. And when you and I first spoke, you had a couple of ideas for people. And since Tali and I were coming at it from perspective, kind of a theoretical perspective, I would love someone who has actually been there, actually went through it to give their perspective on when you're in a, when you're in a circumstance and then i think you also had a couple recommendations for mm. other people who might be in the circumstance that you were in prior i'd love to hear your, yeah. your thoughts on that yeah so first of all with this uh, income thing i'm a single mom so if i can do it you can do it everyone has a gift that uh, they can share online every single one of us is is incredibly gifted and I need to say, even though I was still studying and I had to be in university, I just took my kid. He was baby when I, I think he was two weeks old when I needed to go back to university and he was with me all the time. So we need to break that stigma of we need to be separated from our kids because I think most of the kids really enjoy being with mom and dad, see what they are up to, learning and all these things. I was studying languages, Arabic, Hindi, Hebrew, and um, a couple of um, like his first sentences were actually in Arabic because he was surrounded by Arabic speaking people all the time. So with this income thing, you can do it. You can do it. It's hard, but you can do it. I didn't sleep for years because I was working at night. I was watching my kid at daytime, still studying, traveling, all of that. But if you really want to do it, you're going to do it because there's no other way. I never felt like uh, I had a choice. 
I was just doing what was necessary to uh, keep my kid in safety. Um, and this other thing, yeah, um, I can speak for German, for Germany. It's it's a very, let's say, hairy situation over there because you end up in jail probably if you unschool your kid or homeschool. This idea is not really known. And if you do it, you're already like on the list of terrorist uh, people. I don't know. So um, there's actually a thing. There are certain countries around Germany that are way more relaxed when it comes to homeschooling, like say France, Poland, I think as well. And if you're living close to the border, you can just send your kids to school there and don't send them to school. You know what I mean? So there's always a thing you can, yeah, you can dance around that stuff. And of course, you if you are like, if they get you, if they, if they discover what you're doing, then you have a problem. But in the end, I don't know how, I know so many families that are doing this since, I don't know, Matt. <laughs> years and they are doing really good in that and there's a general thing i can recommend it, it's uh, an international school from the us it's called west river academy and they cover all of that legal stuff worldwide almost worldwide i think and this is what i can recommend if you still feel like you need legal protection then just onboard your kids there they don't have to do any online stuff they can but they don't have to. And it's really the, for me, it looks like the perfect option to legalize what you're doing. And they give you all the records, transcripts, everything you need for the government. And on the other side, it's like a huge community of unschooling families that are connected through that school. And it's giving you power and energy to keep going with that. And because it's not always easy, and we need that community, I guess. So this is not only for your kids, it's also for yourself. Yeah, that makes me more bullish because obviously <laughs> we're, Talia and I are not spending a lot of time in Germany. We just hear, hey, this is illegal. And for you to say that <clears throat> many people are doing this, many people are doing it quite successfully, that makes me feel really bullish. And that there are resources out there like you're describing. I think that's really helpful. Tali? I just want to ask you to expand a little bit on the concept of unschooling. I think that's a really confusing concept for people. They, When they think unschooling, they think you're just letting your kid do literally whatever and you're not being responsible. So can you explain a little bit what unschooling mm. actually means? Yeah, it can mean anything and everything. So um, unschooling doesn't mean your kid can't go to school. Unschooling means your kid has the choice to do whatever feels right in that moment. So if my kid tells me tomorrow, okay, mom, I want to go to school, then um, okay, do your thing. But unschooling on the very root is to set your kid free, to, to let him or her discover whatever feels right for them. I always think about unschooling as discovering your own soul path because we all came here with a reason, with a mission, with a vision, and this set your this is giving your kid the opportunity to really dive into whatever this human being needs to do on this planet and of course there are natural rules like everywhere nature has rules so have i because i'm a human being and we are living together and if he's running around and screaming all day of course this is not happening in my household because i set the boundaries for that so i see it as um i let loose a lot and i try to 
um, trust my kid as much as possible in whatever is right for him. Of course, if he's like gaming six months, 10 hours a day, this is something that I need to address because then I see there's an imbalance. But this is something they are, um, I think they have the right to express and to discover that for themselves as well and do these mistakes. And I don't want to compare it to homeschooling or anything, but we don't have no schedule at all. I don't buy books that he needs to go through or anything like that. I do buy the stuff that he needs. That's the finish line. And if I don't have the money, then there is no stuff. And maybe he has to work for it. Maybe he has to, I don't know, ask his grandma, his auntie, I don't know. So he needs to figure out how to do stuff, actually. If he needs something really expensive, that's not on me then. Um, so I see him like he's a, yeah, like almost grown up person. He's self, self sovereign, I would say. He is um, doing whatever feels right for him. And if he needs help, I'm there. But I'm never like, hey, do check this out. You need to learn. Sometimes I discover stuff that I liked as a kid very, very much and that I know that helped me um, widening my perception of reality and, and the world in general. And I'm like, hey, dude, I love that. Maybe you will love it too. And most of the times he's like, no, nah, that's so stupid. So in general, unschooling for me is um, trust, um, self-responsible living on both sides, on every side uh, of the family. And just going with the flow, really going with the flow and de-schooling yourself. Because all this programming I had, I was putting it on my kid because I wasn't able to unschool yet. I was still like, oh my God, he's missing out and failing him. But after now, I don't know, six years of unschooling, I can say he learned how to read by himself. One day he was just able to read. And this is how it's, I think, always been. I mean, they learn how to walk without the government. They learn everything. I mean, he's speaking two languages fluently. He's now learning English. But because he wants to do it, not because I... I push him to do anything. So unschooling is a lot about trust, letting go and seeing the world through your kids' eyes and learning a completely new dimension of what is out there. Okay. So as a homeschooling mom and I did an unschool, I was probably the other extreme of that spectrum. So I'm going to challenge you with a few questions that I think a lot mm -hmm. of new homeschoolers would have about unschooling. So you mentioned that if your son wanted to spend 10 hours a day playing video mm. games six months in a row, you would then step in and say, hey, this is not productive. If So my question to you is, if your son says, you know what, I am just not interested in mathematics. I don't care that one plus one equals two. I don't care about multiplication tables. Are you saying that because you're an unschooler, you would allow him to graduate high school or enter adulthood and never learn mathematics i couldn't care less if he if he wants to learn maths but they learn because they need it in life you know this is the funny part of it even though i don't care the world is caring because they get feedback from the world and if they are gaming sooner or later they need to calculate certain things and it's way more complex than what i was expecting him to to be involved with at this point of um, at his age. So um, I don't care if he's interested. He needs to do it because he needs to do certain things. And this gives me the relief of hmm, it's not uh, really I'm not pushing him. 
it's it's a need it's a necessity for him to go to certain yeah worlds digital worlds he needs to i'm curious on that so he hmm. he needs it for the he's playing with whoever he's playing with online it's very social as i understand yeah. it i'm not a video game guy and how do you support that do you say here are i mean it doesn't have to be textbooks but or youtube or whatever but are you pointing him towards algebra or <clears throat> something else and say here are mm -hmm. the things you can choose from or are you literally just saying no 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 go figure it out like how is he yeah. like when when that experience happens like the math experience mm -hmm. what is your next step to help him mm -hmm. with that so maybe I can uh, give you an, an example. Uh, one of the things I remember, he was figuring out something in Minecraft. He needs to push something this uh, so many times to get this and that stuff, but it was some complex uh, relay like I don't, I don't really don't, I don't really know. It wasn't like uh, I push that button one time and I get one block of something. It was a bit more complex. And he was like, how can I figure that out? And I was like, okay, dude, you have a uh, Lego. So grab your Lego and just make it reality, like physical reality. And then you, you grab, you, you understand the complexity of what you're doing there actually in the digital world because you can always come back to the physical world and apply it to stuff you can actually feel because i think feeling things uh, and bonding with these things uh, for me personally is always a better way to learn something if i have it in front of me and not only in my head so every time he's coming to me with something i just try to listen to my intuition and um I don't really have a recipe. So if he's coming to me with something, I don't have no clue whatsoever. I'm like, okay, you know what? I think grandpa could know about that or something like that. So there's a huge community around us with so many beautiful, intelligent people. If I don't know, then someone else knows. And most of the times he don't even ask, he, he's figuring it out. And then he's presenting me uh, the result. And sometimes he's sharing with me his, his journey to the result, but so yeah. what I hear is I'm thinking I'm comparing what you're describing to what I think of as a public school. A public school, I think of it's very directional. The the teacher mm -hmm. or some authority is going to say, "Here's how what your next steps are." What you're describing is you're going to need to figure out what how to teach yourself and learn how to learn, mm -hmm. and and he can now apply that to the next problem without even asking you, right? So he's like, yeah. "Well." Who do I know? Is it my grandfather? Is it somebody else who knows this subject? But he's learning how to learn and and help himself. Would that would that be an accurate uh, way of describing that? Yeah, I think pretty much. I have more pushback. Keep going, sweetie. Keep going. This is going to be... Ring <laughs> <laughs> um, it up. <laughs> yeah, so the concept of having a teacher mm -hmm. accelerating learning something because they've done it before they've been there before mm. versus you fumbling around mm -hmm. um, and I get the idea that in the struggle of trying to solve your own problem you you learn but there's also on the flip side of that you can save a lot of time and energy if someone has done it and can teach it to you 
And so I guess my struggle is just in the trust part that you seem really comfortable with, probably because of my own upbringing, but um, having, having witnessed the development of our four kids and the, the vastly different personalities that they have, in terms of self-motivation, exploration, et cetera, I guess I just really struggle with the concept that just letting them go is okay. Well, I'm really interested in this. I'm gonna kind of watch you guys go back and forth on these different, these different takes and we can, we can all learn. But I, I, what I'm hearing in this discussion is not that there's not a coach, it's, it's more that there's a coach when they need the coach, sort of like when the student is ready the teacher presents himself like we've talked about before. That's what I hear as opposed to yeah. I'm letting my kid outside and in 18 years, you know, he's on his own. Like I'm not hearing that. No, All right. I, anyway, no, so I, 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 I understand. <laughs> I understand that he's not being neglected because, no. you know, you know what, no. you know, that stigma that people have with yes, homeschoolers, sure. they lock their kids in the room and they call themselves homeschoolers kind of thing. And so, so uh, sort of along the same line, if people think on schooling, it's almost like, oh, these are just lazy parents who don't want to do anything, oh, yeah. just let their kids do whatever they want. You know, I'm playing the devil's advocate because there are out people out there who really question what we do as homeschoolers. And then when you say homeschooling on, and then also on schooling on top of that, they're like, what the heck are you doing then? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> true, true. But you know what? How am I learning? Um, so I'm surrounded by a beautiful community that is um, really into learning, like evolving when it comes to permaculture, to uh, healthy food and all these things. So here's a huge community and everyone has a gift and they are always sharing it in workshops and so on. And so this is natural for me, at least, if I don't know something and I want to know, I'm asking a friend or I'm asking someone who is uh, actually really good in it and is uh, doing workshops or whatever. You know what I mean? So what I see is that my kid is free to do whatever and that he has a huge pool of coaches that are there for him. I mean, he is, for example, really good in MMA. So I can't teach him that because I'm afraid of him because he's so big now. And if he's punching me, it really hurts. So a couple of years ago, I told him, dude, we can't fight anymore. If you like to fight, you're going to have to go to the boxing club. And he's doing it and he's enjoying his time there. So they, he has a very strict... Um, environment there because you can imagine learning how to fight is not uh, how you learn I don't know how to set up a Minecraft server at home with your mom <laughs> it's something else so he has this broad uh, diversity of different coaches with different learning styles and all of that and he loves it he loves it he loves the strict ones he loves the hippie dippy ones so he has actually a huge pool of people who really feel responsible for the kids that are here um, and that I like the most because the people here, a lot of families are unschooling or, or homeschooling, but a lot of them are just unschooling um, and they just have a different approach to kids. They see them as, yeah, very grown, very um, mature and very, yeah, I don't know, it's very different from how I was seen as a child from my, my surroundings. So, um it's not so much I'm being the lazy parent. It's more or less uh, a lot of organization 
like where are the kids now, where they want to go, who can deliver what, and these kind of things. Most of the stuff they are like organizing by themselves, but still there's someone you can't go anywhere by foot here. It's a very small island and you have to drive by car everywhere. So uh, it's always some someone who needs to be there, who needs to be with them and these kind of th things. So it's, I think, the opposite of being lazy and locking them up. It's about really getting active, uh, having this network, having this community, caring for the community and the other people, because you have to give something back. My child has to give something back as well. You know, it's not like it's not like he has to give something back like me. I'm a grown, but the kids as well, they are um, really integrated in that society here. So it is, I think, really the opposite of locked up kids. It's more or less like, when are they going to come back home? <laughs> I have no clue. They're always on the run. They're always on the go. They have plans and they have beautiful plans. And sometimes, yeah, they're just sitting around sometimes two or three days in a row. And they're just painting and and drawing and these kind of things. But I see that as very, um, yeah, it's a necessity as well. Um, so lazy, nobody here is lazy. I, what I saw is the more I la was able to let go, the more he became creative, outgoing, powerful in his way to explore. So it's a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of work, but it's worth it. Okay, I just got to get make sure I got the okay from Tali that I can keep keep going on that one. I, I, I feel like if we were together, we would be talking for many hours on each of these things, but there's so many, so many things we should at least touch on. Another one on the list today that I wanted to get your point of view on is something that, that Seb Bunny is very passionate about, and that is the parent-child bond. Mm -hmm. And if you could comment on your experience, because you described in the beginning of the, of the episode why you chose to go this route, but now you're further down the path. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to get your, if you could share your experience, anything that you're willing to share yeah, um, about what sure. this experience has been in terms of a parent-child bond. Mm -hmm. So I need to say, um, I was very young when I had my child. I was 23 and I was still super programmed. I mean, I went to one of the strictest uh, schools in Germany. It was a private something. Then I studied for 10 years and I really did my job great. So I had a lot of programming, a lot of stress and a lot of, yeah, very German way of living. Like, I'm going to get up at six naturally. Why not? <laughs> so um, when I learned that you can just skip all of that and be a very, very happy kid. And I had a very, let's say, stressful childhood. So it was completely new for me to discover what does a happy child need? How does it look like? What does it feel like to be that happy? How does it feel like to be the mom that provides the happy space? Um, so what I learned and what I would maybe do different now is I would be so much more radical right from the beginning. It would be always about what does my kid need and not one single second about what does society want from my kid or me as a mom. I would like to delete that from my past because uh, since I was able to let go more, more and more, the relationship between me and my kid got deeper and deeper. It was always super deep because we were always so, so close and I did stuff very differently than normal, yeah, I don't know, uh, people maybe. So what I can say is having this much trust in your child, your child is giving you that trust back for sure and the respect you put in, they they 
you get it back. And what I really love is that my kid knows that this is a secure home. He is funny. He he's able to cry. He's able to be grumpy and these kind of things. He's really able to let all these emotions out. I wasn't able to do that as a kid. So what I see is unschooling gave me the perfect opportunity to really see the raw human being, the soul that came here to discover life. And I'm just providing whatever he needs to, to go that way. And of course, there are struggles within every relationship in with yourself, with himself, with each other, all these things. But um, I, I, I think I can see that very clear and I'm very aware. And I like that I see every detail of that relationship growing and deepening with every day, practically. So for me, a game changer for myself as well. It changed me completely as a, as a human being completely. Talia, maybe you can comment on too, because that was one of your, I, I feel like you and Alex had a similar experience when you first looked at your first child, you're like, I want, the, I'm the one who's raising this person. I'm, I'm the one who's going to have the relationship with this, this other person. I did. I mean, I held our first baby. I was originally going to go back to work and I decided I didn't want her being raised by somebody else. One big difference though, in my experience was I still remember vividly a letter that I wrote to our firstborn when she was born. And I have a Chinese background and you know, the Confucius philosophy of the, the parents are absolutely and a hundred percent responsible for how their kids turn out. So I felt a hundred percent responsible for exactly how she turns out, how much of her potential she expresses in her life was up to me. So I wrote her this letter and I wrote in the letter that I hope I can do my very, very best to bring out to, I bring out her potential because I, I was the one responsible. Now, actually, it's interesting because I, I was talking to our girls recently about that. And I said, you know, with what I know now, I would have done things completely differently. I would have written a different letter because I realize now that it's not my job to bring out their potential. They have the potential that they can express themselves. So I wish I had known these principles that Alex is expressing so eloquently. And I think her son is very, very lucky that she discovered these principles so early. Our kids endured at least the first half. Our <laughs> <I got> <laughs> first two thirds <laughs> of the homeschooling journey was very traditional because I really felt that if they couldn't read very well, it was my fault. If they couldn't do math very well, it was my fault. And I would have failed them if they didn't meet all of these requirements that society has listed as a capable human being. And so the reason I'm challenging you is because I believe that there are a lot of parents out there today thinking that they are 100% responsible for bringing out their children's potential. That's why I'm challenging her today so that we can learn more, you know, from this True. point um, of view. Yeah. And I think there is a balance as well. You're you're letting him be free and explore and choose his own path, but you're also there to guide gently 
So it's not like it's a completely hands-off kind of thing. It didn't sound like to me anyway. Um, you are gentle guiding, whereas the way that I was taught growing up with a very traditional Chinese background is you told your kids what they should and shouldn't do and what they should like and shouldn't like. <laughs> like everything is prescribed for them, but that's our way of expressing love because we're responsible for their success. Mm. I, I like this a lot. Yeah, I actually, actually. I like the... I like having two different points of view because if, if I'm a listener, I'm I'm just eavesdropping on these two different perspectives and I can pick whichever one I think relates to whatever my circumstances are. Mm. And I think that's a really good way of bringing out the, the, the core principles, the first principle ideas of what it's like to, to basically self-custody the education. So, so sure. I'm... Yeah, I'm enjoying the, I'm enjoying the well, back and forth. I just want to add also that what I'm seeing now in hindsight, right? Because we finished this journey and you're still in the middle of it. When I look back and I think through our what our approach and how the kids turned out, and I'm specifically only addressing the emotion side because intellectually, academically, skill-wise, I mean that's ever changing. Like you said, you're still learning today. We're still learning today. The knowledge part, it's ever changing, but the emotion side that stays with you. And what I see is that when we tell our kids what they should and should not do throughout their childhood, especially the younger part of their childhood, they learn to distrust their own feelings and their own decisions and their own desires. And that part, I wish I could say back. So that respect part, like, actually not respect you were mentioning the word trust that you trust him and therefore he trusts you back I think that's really really key and yeah I just want to throw it out there that that's the part that I wish I could go back and fix because I want them to know today that how they feel is legitimate and how they desire what they desire that's different from from what I desire is also legitimate because they're different people from me and Scott but it's hard to take that back if you've already programmed it in their mind when they were young. Yeah. All right, Alex, anything you want to challenge Tali? You can challenge Tali too if you want. Like take this, if you got something on your mind to <laughs> keep going with that. I don't know. There's yeah. actually something I want to say because I think you, or what, I mean, I don't know you, but my feeling is from what, uh, how you, um, you are with me you are very respectful, lovely people. So I think this is the most important part that your kids are loved, respected and have a happy home. And this is what you gave them. And everything else is, is so not important. So it, it doesn't matter. They are, I think they are the perfect human beings anyway. So don't worry about that because mm. I think um, we idolize, may, is it the right word? Idolize? idealize mm. i don't know mm. sometimes we tend to perfectionize maybe the idea of other people's um relationships with their kids and everything but in the end if i unschool homeschool if they go to school the very the most important thing is if they are loved and you did that so everything's yeah. fine and i don't see that one thing is better or different blah 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 because i think we are all at the point in our life where we need to be and we are all on our own journey as well we are parents we are growing we are learning and i tell my kid all the time dude i'm not perfect i have no clue most of the times i'm lost so this is what we are doing and you need to go through that with me because my parents were always like 
we are perfect. You can't challenge us. And I'm like, dude, challenge me, please, because I'm not perfect. I want to learn from you because you are fresh here. You are smarter than me. You are uh, healthy. You weren't traumatized by, by crazy people. So please teach me uh, what is in your mind. And um, I always tell him, please challenge my rules, break my rules. I want you to be smart enough to break my rules and uh, to make me feel like I need to to reinvent myself over and over again. And if I say this today, it might change tomorrow. So, um, and I, I did so many crazy mistakes uh, in this 10 years of raising him. But what I do is always coming back like, dude, I was a different person back then. I'm so sorry, but this is how I was. So deal with it. If you need therapy afterwards, okay, I'm going to pay for it. But uh, until <laughs> now, it looks like um, he had a quite happy childhood compared to my childhood. And this is what I wanted. And I think if we're doing it better than, then, yeah, I don't know what we wanted to have as a child. I mean, they, we always... I mean, everyone has something they, they wish they had mm -hmm. in their childhood. And I yeah, think it's, it's actually really interesting you said that because when I was growing up, you know, despite the fact that I was raised in the Chinese culture, my parents were very, very hands off. I had full freedom to do whatever I wanted. And I felt for whatever reason, I interpreted that as I was put in a disadvantage because mm -hmm. my other friends had parents who were like, helicopter parents and they were always given mm. opportunities that I wanted that my parents didn't provide because my parents are like go outside and play in the dirt you're fine you know and so I was somewhat compensating for that when I had my kids because I was going to make sure they got the guidance that I wish I had but going back to what you said before which is honestly in the end all that matters is they know you love them and that they matter yeah. to you and everything else will work themselves out if they need yeah. therapy <laughs> They, they, they guys, they, they, they don't, don't need. They us. don't need. Th they don't need <laughs> therapy. Actually, what what no, you guys don't. have both described is you're you're building a lifelong relationship with your child. It's completely opposite of what the the people who want to control your kids want to do, where they want to separate the parents from the child. They want to be able to control them and tell them how to think. It's it's the whole communist manifesto type of mentality, and regardless of what your spectrum is from unschooling to homeschooling to, to, to whatever, the bottom line is, and I, I'm giving you my, how I hear you guys speaking, <laughs> you guys, regardless of whether you've, you've made mistakes, you, there is a very clear message to the kids that you care that if something, is, something happens that's not right, because that's what happens with, with humans, things happen, it's okay, we can work through it. We can trust each other. We, we love each other. We're here for each other. That is an amazing thing. And, I, and I, I'm very confident that's not what most students in today's structured environments, in whatever, whichever country, I, I think that's probably a huge piece of what's missing. And, and it's like an intentional divide between kids and their, their parents that is built into the way structured schools are are designed and at least run today. And I'm not accusing all teachers of being bad and all these other things, but I'm just saying overall, it has tended that direction. And you guys have done something really powerful that's going to last a lifetime with the kids. And that's pretty cool. So, you know, hats off to both of you because it is a lot of it is a lot of work. 
So it, it is. is it is very tough, especially if you're very very close, even physically, because you're you can't escape an argument. <laughs> you can't escape. But I tell you what, the other thing is too, though you do have, and you you touched on this earlier, Alex, and that is not everybody that you are friends with, and not everybody who's in your family will understand what you're doing or True. why. And can you just touch on that? What has it been like? Because oh, yes. you, you recently, <laughs> you, know, you said your family, and it could be anything from vaccines to the schooling to, to, to whatever. There's, a, there's one thing, even when you work through your own doubts about what you're doing, you've had a bad day with whatever it is, and then along comes the family, right? So what has your experience been like uh, with mm-hmm. that in that dimension, the family relationships, maybe even friends that don't understand what mm-hmm. you're doing? So regarding my family, I need to say it's easy for me because I wanted to do the exact opposite of what they did. So every time they are criticizing me, I'm like, yes, I'm doing the right thing and I'm going to do it much more uh, like, uh, I don't know, radical even more now that I know that you hate it Um, because I felt like, first of all, I have an intuition and that is guiding me very clearly. Secondly, if you hate it, that tells me that I should do it. And this was a recipe in my head and turned out perfectly. It is the perfect way. But I need to say, um, yeah, huge parts of my family are vaccinated. And I just try to not talk about these kind of topics because I'm the weird one in the family. We are not vaccinated. We don't go to school. We don't do that. We don't do this. And we don't eat crap. We don't go to McDonald's and these kind of things. Um, But the good part is that my family, they are all very lovely people very very lovely and the most important part is the love between us it's not if you are vaccinated if not it's not if you are going to school it's all about we love each other we support each other and of course they have critical questions but um it got less and less and i um sometimes i told them just to fuck off like this is my life you don't have no clue come here and visit me you can fly this six thousand kilometers to to this little island and you see it with your own eyes we were building a school here like an unschooling school we have the best community so please come over and then tell me i do worse than you did as parents and impossible it's impossible so i love my parents very very much but i have i have stuff you know that um i could i could uh, like if we want to play that game who's the better parent Turns out it's me. So um, friends, I don't have friends who are not into what I'm doing because, of course, sometimes people are like, um, for example, my best friend, she's way more strict. She's unschooling, but she's so strict when it comes to gaming and these kind of things. And she's always like, they are doing too much over there at your place. They are always like, you are too loose and these kind of things. So we have an active discussion. And the rules at my place are different than the rules at her place. And the kids know that. And we respect these boundaries. And that's it. Um, I don't really want anything to do with people who are not into what I'm doing. Not because I can't stand it, but because it doesn't bring me further. I need people who are way more extreme than me, way way more crazy about the stuff i'm already crazy about i need passionate people who want to change the the narrative the narrative and they want to change anything and everything basically so um i'm very very lucky that i have a very strong family and a very strong um friend circle around me that is really pushing me um challenging 
challenging me day to day basically and also supporting me with everything <laughs> so um i think this is the perfect thing and this understanding i need to say my grandparents they're very very traditional and very strict so um they raised me basically um i have a very deep relationship with my grandparents but they never wronged me they never did something stupid when I was a child. Even now, they are still perfect with me. There has never been one single situation where I was like, why did you do that to me? Never. So my grandparents, they never really understood, but they trusted my intuition. And the trust that they put in me, um, that changed our whole relationship. It was always full of love and trust. Um, but now they look up to me a little bit because they see like I raised the best kid in this family and they say it to me like this is the best, the last hope we have for this family is your kid. And um, the support that grew out of that experience, like the mutual experience of respecting each other's ways of life, um, it's crazy. Um, and I'm so grateful and so lucky. I can't even put that in words, but this is the biggest gift someone can can give you like respecting the way you live and maybe even though they don't understand it trust support and these kind of things so through that i am able to give that to my kid um it's the best feeling ever how, how does uh, i'll go a little bit sideways on you on this mm -hmm. do they associate you with bitcoin as part of you being kind of out there with unschooling or is it like a separate like how, do, how does that fit it. into this? How does Bitcoin fit yeah. into this? I think Bitcoin for them is um, one part of my very, very insane lifestyle. Um, they don't really get it. I try to explain it to them once in a while and they're like, oh, you can invest for me. I give you the money and these kind of things because I think a tiny part in in their heart is telling them to, yeah, try it out, try it out, try it out. Um, but in the end, this is all part of Alex crazy world. Um, we don't touch that. It's, it's her, whatever she's doing over there. How did you get into, how did you get into Bitcoin? I, I've got like all kinds of Bitcoin questions. How did you get into it? <laughs> how are you talking about it with your son? Mm. And then once we, we cover that, then maybe we can kind of go into what kind of projects you're working on and mm. your podcast and that kind of stuff. But I'm, I'm sure. curious on it is, this is the Bitcoin homeschooling podcast. So what's your, you know, what's your Bitcoin story and how does it fit in from an mm -hmm. education standpoint? So I think I discovered Bitcoin in 2015 because I was looking for something where I could make money with and i had a look at stocks and all these things and it felt off i didn't want anything to do with just my intuition i had no clue about finance or whatever but i was sure i had i think 500 euros and i wanted to invest so i somehow stumbled up uh, upon bitcoin and i immediately understood okay this is something else somehow i need to know more it was like it, it was pulling me into that rabbit hole i did i didn't know why but I was very lucky that this happened. So um, I invested without really knowing what is going, what was going on. A couple of months or years later, I sold my coins. I could have been a millionaire by now, but I'm not <laughs> because I wanted to have some gains. Like, I don't know how many, a couple of hundreds. Very stupid, very stupid. But um, after I sold my coins, I actually felt so stupid 
uh, I sold it to travel, I think. So this is okay for me because traveling is super important. And through that financial freedom, it gave me as a very, very young mom, um, I was able to dig deeper into what is Bitcoin? Why is it so attractive? Like, why, why is it so... It was like, it was pulling me, really. Um, this passion, I don't, I didn't know where it was coming from, but um, this helped me to discover a lot about finance, the system. Uh, I always hated the government. My parents always thought I'm ending up being a terrorist or something like that. So I always had this tent, uh, this this tent to to be different or to to not be okay with a government that is telling me how to behave, what to think, what to do, and these kind of things. And with Bitcoin, I was like, dude, this is exactly what I was looking for finance-wise. And then I was, um, I met so many cool Bitcoiners on the way, and I was like, dude, these are the coolest people on this planet somehow. And all of them just understood me. And this, I never had that in my life because I was always the weird one. And in this community, I was like, okay, everyone is like me. This is beautiful. I can just be myself. I don't have to think about what I'm saying or um, anything like that because they were way more into that at that point than me. So they were teaching me, they were guiding me. And I really enjoyed that, um, yeah, falling into that rabbit hole. And it led me to millions of things. And then I understood, okay, who is funding the financial system and all these things. And I was like, dude, I'm so happy I, I discovered Bitcoin. And this is exactly how I tell my kid about all these things. Uh, of course, he sees me working uh on Bitcoin, with Bitcoin, talking about it, paying with it. And he had a Bitcoin wallet before he had a traditional bank account. So he knew he was building notes a couple of years ago with me. So he knows way better about Bitcoin than the normal financial system. But he is pretty open-minded and cool. So he wants to know why do, don't we trust the normal money and these kind of things. Um, and I just tell him exactly what I would tell you, like the whole story. And he's always listening. He's always into it. And I need to say, um, I was working for a, for being crypto, um, a big crypto magazine. I don't say I'm into crypto. I, I've been editor-in-chief for quite a while there. And I started as a journalist because I was interested, interested in Bitcoin and I wanted to get paid for learning more about it. So I became journalist and I was writing a lot about Bitcoin downside. I needed to research a lot about crypto, what made me realize this is a scam as well. Pretty nice uh, thing. And I had a boss and he was so much into Bitcoin and Monero and into this privacy things. And he really made me realize this is the only way. There is no other option anymore. And he has a podcast uh, in German. So this was my big plus because I was like, okay, there are no, not so many resources out there. But you know, his name is Alex. Uh, but you know, Alex, you see them, you see him in all the meetings. He has a podcast. You can listen to it. And every time you listen to one episode, I'm gonna send you like 20 sets or something like this. So he was listening and listening and listening, and I was sending the sets. <laughs> so this is how we get into that. And at some point, he had the feeling like he knows enough about it and. No, it's just a normal part of his life. Um, it's nothing special. Well, the fact that all the trust that you guys were talking about earlier in this conversation allowed you to have that conversation to say, here's what I see going on with the government and True. the money. And if he didn't have that trust in you, you could say the same exact thing. It'd be very difficult to 
to get him to open up. I would think it would be more, you know, more, more challenging. All right, Alex, let's get into like, what are you doing? Cause I know I, it, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of Bitcoiners near you and you have your own podcast. So let's just, let's, let's talk about all the things that you're into. And then of course we'll put in the show notes links to your, your stuff. But um, you don't seem like the type of person who's just going to sit there and do nothing. So what are you up to? (laughs) What are you up to? I wish I could just sit down and do nothing. Uh, I try to. I try to. Sometimes it's like 10 minutes. But mm -mm. yeah, so I do have my own podcast, White Life Unschooling. And it started because I had this, yeah, voice in the back of my head. Like, you need to talk about that with other people. You need to record that. And actually, I didn't really know if this was a good idea, but I just did it. So and turned out, okay, this was the best idea because it deepened my knowledge, it deepened my security about what I'm doing. And this is basically what I'm um, yeah, working on. And I want people to see um, the whole picture of what we are doing, because one thing is decentralized money and one thing is decentralized education and what does that have to do with the other thing and why do we need to combine this and this is all about what i'm talking about in this podcast so i'm inviting bitcoiners i i'm inviting homeschooling bitcoiners unschooling bitcoiners just unschoolers just homeschoolers and i try to show a very different facet of the whole thing in every episode Mm, because I think the most interesting people out there are Bitcoiners. I don't necessarily need to talk to uh, about Bitcoin with them because I already know. I mean, you know, but to talk with them about other stuff is like eye opening most of the times. And um, yeah, I, I just try to bring back the spiritual side of money and education as well, because I think we're soul beings and I want people to to be confident enough to see that in themselves and in their kids as well. So, so based on that, I mean, our our audience we're assuming is peop, uh, young parents or soon to be parents that want to homeschool, or they they have their kids and they're trying to figure out what else they can do, even if their kids are in a public school or some other circumstance. Any mm-hmm. particular resources that you love to recommend? I think you mentioned one earlier. Um, I wrote it down. The West River. One. Yes, any any other right thing academy. like that or any other last pieces of advice that you'd like to to give someone who is early early in their journey or maybe hasn't even taken that first step what would you uh, what would you say to yeah. them reach out reach out to other unschooling moms that are already a little bit more down the road because um, having someone to talk to is gold it's just gold and um, I don't care if it's listening, reading videos, but there is so much nice stuff out there. Peter Gray, Pat Faranga, there are so many cool dudes out there that are already like into that way more than I am and that are providing so many great ideas and that are really, yeah, for me, it was like a tranquilizer, <laughs> to be honest. I was reading books uh, by Peter Gray and I was, after every book, I was like, Thank God I'm doing things right. Thank God. Because it was just my intuition. But um, the very, or for me, the most important thing was letting go of my fear and programming. I mean, to de-school yourself properly is, I think, the most important thing. And uh, the biggest work you are doing is on yourself. It's not uh, with or on your kid. It's actually 
with yourself. So meditate, do yoga, go running, do all of that things. Care for yourself as a human being. Um, love yourself deeply <laughs> and do, this th do these things like self-discovery. And I think this is the way to go because the more you love yourself and the more you trust yourself, the, the better it is for your kid because you can give that to your kid only if you do it for yourself. So de-schooling and getting in contact with others through reading, talking, everything. I think this is super important. I love it. I, I hope someday we could meet in person. Uh, maybe you and Tali can meet at the retreat. You guys can talk about the women's retreat and do that. Or you can have one in Canary Islands. That would be kind of, sounds like a nice yes, thing to do. <laughs> she might. But uh, listen, this has been so wonderful to sit down with you um, and get to know you you better. And any final thoughts, Tali? I'm sitting here all like relaxed. Um, yeah, I just want to reiterate what Alex said, which is as a parent, I feel like, especially if you're a young parent, you're so focused on what should I do for my kids? What must I do for my kids? And you forget to fill your own cup. And that is mm -hmm. so important because you cannot give them what you don't have for yourself. You cannot teach them respect if you do not have respect for yourself first. You cannot teach them to be loving human beings if you don't first love yourself. So absolutely self-work trumps everything. Well, self-work and your relationship with your children. I think those two things come first. And then the academic stuff, the curriculum, the whatever they end up learning skill-wise, that's secondary and that will come one way or another. So, so true. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and if you found this valuable, please leave a review to help others find us too. For those who prefer zapping sats, we love those too. We're on Fountain, we're on Noster, and we're on Orange Pill app. Also, I host a women's only Bitcoin podcast called Orange Hatter. And the mission of that podcast is to reach pre-coiner women. So if you know of someone in your life that you would like to introduce Bitcoin to, check it out. So Tali and I also don't have sponsors for this show. We are trying to build and run free market kids. You can check out our products at freemarketkids.com. This includes the Bitcoin mining game Hoddle Up, which is a great introduction to Bitcoin. The school edition of Hoddle Up is always available. We also have the 2024 halving edition. It's going to be super deluxe. Very excited to roll it out. It is available on presale at a 21% discount. Until next time, happy hodling.